Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly, telling you why I'm busy and maybe talk about all things Drizzy. So sit back and grab a plate into Kimbo's Slice of Life. What's up, y'all? Hey, guys, we got Matt and Big Ticket in the building. Say what's up, y'all. What's happening? Thanks for having us. Yes, yes. Thanks for having us. Um, I don't even know his real name, y'all. I just call him Big Ticket because that's what... That's how we like to keep it. That's all you need to know, you know, government free. It, government. That's how it was. I was like, oh, that's big ticket, right? Matt, Matt would just laugh at me because I would just say, yeah, big ticket. It's just, it was so funny because y'all had never been introduced yet. And so she's like, big ticket? I'm like, yeah, that's big ticket. <laughs> that's, that's it. Big ticket Wilson. Okay, now you know the last name. That's it. <laughs> all right. So Matt and big ticket are, you know, affiliated in the music industry somehow. Um, what first got you into music because matt you you sing right a little bit of everything a little bit of everything yeah. it was so. uh it was the lord of the rings actually when i was like in fourth grade there was a part at the end of the movie that i learned to play on the recorder uh, played it at a talent show the crowd erupted i was like i'm made for this i'm made for this music stuff right here so that, that was that was the initial thing that made me fall in love with music and then just trickled what up grade, what grade was it that was fourth grade Probably earlier than that, but fourth grade is when I actually like applied it to something. And you, big ticket, um, you manage artists. Yeah, manage artists. Um, so, yeah. What got me started, I think, was you know serenading the girls back in uh, <laughs> elementary school with my voice, you know, being in uh, the boys' choir. But um, no, I just always had a passion for music, a love for music, and um, you know, business was kind of my thing. So that was the lane that I found. He writes too. He's written a couple of Co Wetzel songs. I don't know if you've heard of that guy or not. <laughs> oh yeah? yeah. I remember I saw I actually saw Co Wetzel like a few years ago. Nobody knew who he was. Yeah. And the only song I knew was that Who's Gonna Take Me to Taco Bell? Yeah. I don't even know what that song's called, right? But he played at the over here in the Fort Worth at the Coliseum. Yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah, Co Wetzel. I was like, I don't know who that is. But yeah, it was like four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. And now he's pretty like big what? Now. pretty big, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so what song would you say, Matt, was your most difficult to write? I don't feel like the writing is the hard aspect. Usually the writing and recording is like a 24-hour process. A lot of my lyrics I've had for months, years. I just write them when I feel inspired by different things, different life events. But uh, the production, the mixing, and that final mastering, that's usually the most time-consuming. So, um, man, I don't know. I, I don't think there's been one that was really difficult. There may be one that I stick on for a little bit too long and I just need to get rid of it and put it out. Mm -hmm. um, but that's every time I put out a, a multi-length project as opposed to a single. That's why I've been sticking to singles recently. I just let it fly. I don't overthink it. What has been your favorite song so far? The new one. The new one that Urbano Latino. Yeah. Uh, Vampira. Bad Bunny yeah, vibes bad over bunny here. Vibes. Yeah. It's, you know, it's May and we're shooting the video in Mexico. So I had to, uh, had to get something ready for the summer. Yeah, I was like, when are you shooting this video? And Matt was like, oh, we're going to shoot it. I thought we were going to shoot it locally. And thanks to you know, I see, oh, we're going shooting it in Mexico. Yeah, you're invited. Yeah. Bring the you group. can't really green screen a beach. You, know? <laughs> you can try, maybe. You can't. Me and Ticket have been to Cancun so many times. We've got good connections out there with people with boats and women imported from all parts of the world. No idea where, but they'll I'm be the- I'm crying the, you know. imported, no? <laughs> Legally. Pizza, Santa Maria. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were in Mexico this time last year. Actually, it was like May when Bad Bunny dropped his album. And I have not gone a single day this year without hearing a Bad Bunny song. So it's, I mean, that's that kind of music 
you know, we're so close to the border down here. It's always going to be a strong influence. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having Hispanic roots, I need to tap into that more. This guy's the reason probably why I did. He's like, man, you need to stick to the half English, half Spanish songs. You know, they're going to they're going to blow up. So exactly. The You've got gringos like me jamming out the Spanish music. <laughs> and I don't even know the lyrics, but I'm in my Same. car like, ah, you know, so, hey, come on, put it out. Drop it. Yes, I know sir. I'm Hispanic, but, you know, I don't really know how to speak Spanish, guys. Same here. It's but. Bad. I'll put it on and, you know, I know every other word, maybe one word though. Armor. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a love song. Right? I know what that means. <laughs> We're jammed to this. Um, big ticket. If you could like manage any artist, who would it be? Good question. Great question. Truthfully, um, honestly, the, the artist that I'm managing now, but uh, if I could add anybody maybe to the roster, and again, I just like to help people that I have relationships with already, maybe I could go ahead and, uh, you know, manage this guy right here. You know, <laughs> we'll see what happens, you know, but that's yeah. it. just the people who I'm currently working with. I feel like we got a good thing and just want to see it out. Yeah. Yeah. How many shows? Because I think when I first met you, Matt opened up for, who did you open up for, Matt? It was the Houston Legend Zero. Yeah. I did not belong at that show, but it didn't matter. It was exposure, baby. <laughs> Yeah, how many artists have you like had? You know, throw some. What do you? What do you even call it? Like, because you have the shows for them, right? Yeah, like so, coordinate events. There you or, go. I was yeah. like, I don't even know what you call it. Throw shows for? <laughs> yeah, or if I want to say that, you know, I'm a promoter or anything yeah. like uh-huh. that. But um, I mean, I've put over, I put on over fifty, sixty events yep. over the last five or six years. I've worked with well over a hundred plus like notable artists, uh, Grammy winners, you know, artists that have platinum singles, things like yeah. that. Um, and I've just been able to develop a network and relationship with a lot of people who I grew up listening to, you know, especially being here from Texas. So I think that Jeez. Kodak, the Kodak story is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Tell uh, what, did, what did he want from his rider? Whatever you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we brought Kodak, uh, back to, uh, in Dallas back in 2018. And so on his rider, so on the rider, it's the contract basically like food items that you have mm-hmm. that you're going to get. And I remember, you know, Kodak came, uh, came, he was uh, behind the venue in the bus and he stepped off the bus and he took this big, like deep breath in, you know, like he was <laughs> smelling the air and he was like, Ooh, I want some barbecue. <laughs> and sure enough, like five minutes later, like his manager, one of maybe, you know, his uh, team members or whatever was like, yo, Kodak uh, doesn't want the food y'all have. He wants barbecue. And the funny thing was his original rider was like, it's very stereotypical, but it was like fried chicken and, and, and stuff yeah. like that, like Southern comfort food. But he, he smelled the barbecue. He's like, hey, I want barbecue. So we got him barbecue. Yeah. Yeah, Dang, that went before that in the air. Hey, it's Texas. <laughs> yeah, over there in Deep Ellum, you know, yeah. it's right there. <laughs> That's hilarious. So if you ever, you know, come in contact with Drake first, let me know. Okay, because I'll be right there. It's probably booked for like three years, but yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got you. I got you. That being said, um, what artist do you admire the most, Matt? Well, we have the same favorite artist for sure. It's it's definitely Drake for the ability to adapt over the past like 12, 13 years. Um, really his, his sound was part of those first four years. That was his sound, which was adapted from Lil Wayne and other Toronto artists at the time, but adapting to new artists and continuing to put out, you know, multi-platinum projects and then just being really business minded with the advertisement, with the clothing, uh, with the other ventures uh, and partnerships that he does. I think it's, that's probably why. Uh, and of course the production from 40 really, I think is is 40, but maybe fall in love with the music first and then, mm-hmm grow from there from the inspiration what about you big ticket what artists do you admire most um 
I mean, honestly, uh, just because like I've always been so entrepreneurially focused, um, I really respect and I look up to the guys that have done something outside of music. Yeah. You know, he kind of touched on that, but like artists that are like, you know, Jay-Z, yeah. you know, more of the older school who has built a large brand in business or even artists that are newer, like Little Baby, who I see the same things in, you know, mm-hmm. he's got great music, but he's trying to do more for his community. He's trying to um, set himself up to create generational wealth. Because like music is so fleeting, things that are popular are just in style now. It's all a fad. So it's like when I see artists that are focused on actually creating something besides music, mm-hmm. it motivates me to also do the same in my own businesses. So those are the type of people who I look up to besides of, hey, I really love your music, that song, et cetera, et cetera. Jay-Z made more off his 50% stake that he sold in his liquor company than he did any of his music in Absolutely. 25 years. So yeah. that, that music pushed him into a bigger brand into business and putting all that money, basically you don't make a lot in the music industry uh, unless you're touring nonstop every year. And even then you maybe get 20, 25% of your sharing. So what you do after uh, your time is up, which is maybe a 10 year window. That's really where it's going to kind of separate the artists that are generational and just fly by night. Yeah. Cause the rule of thumb for anybody in anything that you do, when you get eyes on you and you get the attention, it's not the attention that's important. It's what you do with that attention. You yeah. know, what do you do with the eyes that you yeah. have on you? Yeah. So what do these artists do once they built these brands and all these people are following them for their music? Yeah. Do they turn it into something else? Honestly, like, I wish I could sing. I wish I... It's got to be really close to the pitch and the auto-tune can do the rest. Don't worry about it. Or the shower <laughs> makes you great. Yeah. <laughs> Natural reverb. Yeah. yeah. Let's you tone really quick. Yeah. Honestly. I know. I was like, man, I wish I could sing. Cause like our favorite part, like is like the music videos. Every time me and you by Cassie comes on, I'm always just like dramatic about it. And I was like, Damn. I was like, I wish I could sing. I could just be like dramatic and feel through the music video. But I was like, I can't, I'm not that cool. You can do anything you want in this world. <laughs> With that being said, um, we're going to switch gears a little bit guys. So for like when you write a song, do you, is it like the same certain situations that are happening with you now? Uh, there's moments. There's moments where in a, a situation will inspire writing or I'll go to past writing and add to that. Um, I would say situational stuff is more, gives me the inspiration to record more than to write. Um, sometimes writing's embellished too. Sometimes you're writing for perspectives of other people. Uh, like we were speaking about Drake, that's what makes him such a good artist is he has the ability to relate to both genders when he's writing. And you may not feel it immediately, but maybe you go play back something old. And you're like, man, I was going through that. I just didn't know how to put it into words. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, it, I think that's what separates artists as well from people that are recognized is how well can you relate to the everyday situation that people go through uh, and not just keep it so isolated to yourself. You know, h- how can you branch out and relate to what everybody's feeling? You know, what, no matter what it is they're going through. So I wonder if people like lie in their songs. Oh, think? yeah. All the time. Yeah. Every song. Every really? song, Especially yeah. in like rappers. <laughs> Especially <laughs> rappers. Yeah, because I'll be honest. I've been around so many rappers that it's like, dude, you're five foot four, 110 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> like you're not doing any of the stuff that like my <laughs> 13-year-old niece could beat you up, you know what I'm saying? So they're definitely embellishing and yeah. lying. But, you know, that's what sells. So, yeah. hey. Well, do you think humans are liar by nature? Ooh. Oh, man. That's deep. I don't um, think. 
I'll let you go. Or first. just liars and just lying in their songs. I'll let you go first. I, I, I don't think that everybody is, you know, innately a liar, you know, or just by nature. I think they're, you know, outside influence, things that play into it, your upbringing, stuff like that. But I think the biggest thing about, you know, people is that we just take the path of least resistance. Yeah. So if there's a situation where we're going to get some pushback or we're going to hurt someone's feelings, generally we'll kind of tiptoe around the tulips, you know, mm -hmm. um, instead of just, you know, saying exactly what we should say, which is the truth. And it's just, again, like I said, you know, we, we just take the path of least resistance. So people aren't naturally liars, but sometimes people just take the easy route and generally yeah. lying is the easy way. I don't think we're born liars. I think it's, I think it's conditioned at a very early age. I think we're very truthful, maybe up until like five, six, seven years old. And then kids learn to lie very quickly to avoid getting in trouble. And we use that same instinctive response as we get older to avoid, like you said, hurting feelings or to avoid confrontation or resistance in a situation. It's different with men and women. It's different men lying to men and men lying to women. They're very different. I may lie to a woman because I truly care about her and I don't want her to feel something that I know is going to destroy what we have. It's kind of fucked up. But, but it's still going to hurt her feelings because you're if lying. If she never finds out, it'll never hurt her feelings. But there's also relationships with women where they're straight up with me and I know they're truthful and they don't hold anything back and I can be this. Yeah. Like we, we've we never told each other a lie, I don't think ever. I think we're always very truthful about any conversation we've ever had. No, Matt, you've definitely lied to me before. I have, but then you've, you've called me out on it and then I've told you the truth. <laughs> So it's a little different. It's a little different. So I don't think we're we're not natural born liars, though. We're definitely why we're well, why it's so hard for people to be truthful. Like it's like what he said. It's that it's in that moment. Do you want to deal with that immediate resistance? Where are you at in that moment when you're about to lie? And if you lie, is it to continue that same mood or that same element that you're in, or do you want to completely alter how that day is going to go, how that moment's going to go with that specific person? You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember when I was in high school, man, I used to lie to my parents like crazy. Just because, I mean, you know, I wasn't allowed to do anything. Like, they had such a curfew on me, you know. I had to tell them everything I was doing, and I wanted to hang out with my friends. And, you know, you're in high school, do your thing. But So I was like, okay, I'm going to my friend's house. But I actually went to a boy's house. I think that's, <laughs> you know? what, that's what made me a good liar, unfortunately. So quick question for you. <laughs> What's something you feel like you would lie to a man about? Oh, great question. I really, um, what, something I feel, mm, no, don't, I don't think know. about it. Oh, here, here's a, here's a, a more direct I question. I don't like lying because I have a feel. I, you I, lie I feel, about your intentions. Do I lie about my intentions? Yeah. So when a man, like, for example, your interest level and things like that, your intentions with a man, do you lie about your intentions? No, I think I'm pretty much upfront about it. And then half the time they're like, I don't want a relationship, you know? And I might say, okay, I don't want a relationship either, but then deep down, I, maybe I do. So maybe I won't. It's not 100% truthful. But it's a tough situation to describe. Because if two people early on are like too eagerly involved, someone's yeah. going to push back. Someone's going to be like, oh, fuck, this is, yeah, this is too right. easy. Or, you know, that's where that happens. So maybe in that situation, you should lie next time. Or a lot of times, <laughs> the person who we're lying to is not the other person. We're yeah. lying to ourselves. That's a good point. We really want. And instead, that. we're catering to their feelings yep. because we know they don't want what we want. So yep. therefore, we end up yeah. lying. I think that's my problem, honestly. Yeah, I have that sometimes. Yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's your perspective on dating women with kids? Two for two. Man. All right. Yeah. So I'm older. I'll take this one. Um, my perspective is, is that I think that 
you would probably be naive to completely close yourself off to dating women with kids. Um, I think about, you know, just where you are in your life, if it's right for you or not, because there are a lot of good women with kids, you know, that are responsible, that work hard, and they'll actually be better spouses and partners to you because they kind of have that responsibility that they're working towards. Um, but then maybe that the, there, there's the other side of single mothers that maybe have baby daddy drama and maybe they're not the best parents. They're out at the club partying every weekend when they shouldn't be right. And it's like, hey, you can have your fun, but maybe you don't need to be in your stories, you know, twerking, you know, because your kid's going to ultimately be like, mom, that was you 10 years ago. So there's kind of a fine line, but. I definitely think that I'm open to dating women with kids, but my most ideal situation would be finding a woman who hasn't been married that hasn't had any kids because mm -hmm. I myself haven't experienced that. And I'd like to experience that with someone for the first time. That's a good point. What about you, Matt? Um, man, I would, I'll be acquaintances with women with kids, but I don't know if I could, I, I just, I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I've worked very hard to build what I have. And I, I want to enter that into that, next stage of life with someone that's done the same. Um, that's why I'm very patient with who I choose to kind of build that life with in the future. And I think it's got to be somebody that's been working on themselves equally as long. And, you know, maybe they made a mistake early on in life and they have kids, but most women that do, they've got that baggage with them. Uh, there's very few mothers out there that are their entire life is their kid. And if it is, it's the ones that are posting their kids all the time. They don't have time to go out. They don't have time to do anything else, but focus on their children. Those are the women I might consider dating with children, but it's very rare. You don't yeah. see that very often. And then I just have like a little bit like traditional views so on the sense of like where I want to be your provider, right? My wife can work. She can do all that stuff. I'm not saying to stay home. But at the end of the day, there's a certain type of level of respect that will ultimately come when a man provides. And so when there's another child that maybe isn't yours, your wife's ultimate responsibility first is to that child. Mm -hmm. It's not to mm -hmm. you, the husband, right? But when you're in a relationship and you have kids, your first responsibility as a spouse should be to your significant other. And then second comes the children. So sometimes when you're entering in a relationship with someone who already has kids, men and women, they prioritize obviously those kids over you. So you just got to be okay with being second. Which is also if they prioritize, if they prioritize the kid, they probably still secretly prioritize that relationship with the father a little bit, unless it's, unless the father's completely absent in the life, but you're always going to have that baggage as well. So just tough, tough one to answer. I like the question though. I know. I was like, I used to be so against it. Like really, it was like five years ago. I was like mid twenties, early twenties. I don't even know. <laughs> um, but I was so against it. Like, but then now that I'm older and then I was like, okay, a lot of people do have, you know, are having kids and, I don't know. I'm still in between. I haven't you. fully committed to a decision yet whether I want to or not, but we'll ask you again in five years. Yeah. Ask me again <laughs> in five years. And we'll see what happens. Okay. What's, um, what's, what do you live by? What's your, what's y'all's motto? He's got a great one. Yeah. So for me, I mean, my motto is a uh, big ticket or no ticket. <laughs> <laughs> that's the motto that I live by. You know, that's my saying, you know, a little catchphrase. But um, honestly, what that means at its core is just how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. And so I, I try to approach each situation with my best. And I try to give my all to each situation, whether that's business, friendships, family, relationships. That's yeah. what I try to do. So that's my motto. Absolutely. Wait, let me run that back. How you do anything is how you do everything. Correct. I like that. Yeah, it's biblical. 
Very. That <laughs> yes. will stay with you in the that in the is. heart right here. <laughs> what about oh, you, Matt? Man. What's your motto? Uh, mine's more of a, I don't want to say mantra. I feel like everything's been so overhyped over the last few years, but stuff I've been doing for years. Um, every day in the shower, I say it eight times. Every day and in every way, I'm getting better and better. And I say it over and over. And when I'm doing that, I'm usually like envisioning what I want to accomplish, even if it's that week, that year, even if it's 10 years in the future, like I, I'm using those moments to just like internalize what I want. Um, and in most cases, it's something projected in the future that I'm close to. And in most cases, I make it happen. And so it's just staying present. Um, a lot of people are overcome with thoughts about the future, thoughts about the past, but we have like these moments right here. Like Kim didn't hit the record button and we had to do this entire thing twice. <laughs> and <laughs> we, and we literally, we literally did the entire thing over and it's, it's almost identical to the first one. So it's just like staying present, you know? And so it's, um, I think that's a big one for me. hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. Like Rick Ross says, I'm sorry. I got to throw it in again. <laughs> you know, Forget yesterday, you know, live today. Ooh. Don't worry about tomorrow. Ooh. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I have um, what's for you or not past you. I have like a, you know how you can do little widgets on your phone? Yeah. I have that on my phone. I don't know because I just, I read it, it every time I open my phone. So it just stays yeah. with me. Like I know what's yeah. for me will come. Subconscious. Yes. You got to embed it. Everything else is embedded subconsciously, negatively. We're, we're hit by so much negative stuff every day. It's important to stay grounded. Because you'll never step into your future if you're worried about your past. Yeah. Amen. I like that. Wow. That's nice. Yeah. Thanks for having us. What is y'all's um, last question? Favorite pizza? Oh, yeah. Slice of pizza. Oh, it's a toxic relationship. <laughs> Canadian bacon and pineapple. <laughs> Ew. You that's, like pineapple on pizza? That's the OG. If you're a kid, every kid has had that at least once. No, so, because I, I refuse. No, you're only refused because it became a topic of discussion like five years ago. Hey, like <laughs> this video if you eat pineapple on your pizza. Okay? Come on. Show me some love. It's Hawaiian, man. Uh, Ruby Rosa in, in Little Italy in New York. But if I'm local, Grimaldi's brick oven. Ooh, so good. So good. This is some serious pizza, guys. Serious is great. No, literally yeah. serious. Like, that's what it's called. Yeah. It's serious is great. Local in the DFW Metroplex. Um, it's been sitting here for an hour, though, because, you know, we had to re record. We're going to edit it. Shout out to me. Steamy. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, though. Definitely yeah. fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for, you know, coming, doing this. Uh, Take two, because yeah. I'm not great on the technical side. Okay. Clearly, I'm still we got learning. It done. Everything worked out. <laughs> Everything worked out. Well, thank you, guys. YouTube fam, don't forget to subscribe, like, comment. Um, you can find Kimball Slice of Live podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. We will see y'all in two. <laughs>